Welcome back to the Book of Mormon with Grandma. The Come Follow Me manual asks this question, which I thought was insightful. If someone asked you where the Book of Mormon came from, what would you say? Well, I would encourage you to read Joseph Smith's history in your scriptures to hear his account of how it came forth. But Elder Ulysses S. Suarez said, The coming forth of the Book of Mormon began long before Joseph Smith received the gold plates from the hands of the angel Moroni. Prophets of old prophesied about this sacred book's advent in our day. Isaiah spoke of a sealed book that when it would appear, people would be contending over God's word. Ezekiel spoke about the stick of Judah and the Bible and the stick of Ephraim, the Book of Mormon, being brought together as one. That was Elder Suarez. Years ago, when I was teaching seminary, we had a mission president who had worked on the manuals for Seminary Institute, super bright man, and so knowledgeable about the gospel. We tried to attend his missionary meetings with the elders, but he finally made us stop coming. But one of the things he taught the elders was why the Book of Mormon is so critical for us to read in the last day. And here is what he said. Sorry, there are 12 reasons. Okay, here they are. Number one, the Book of Mormon clarifies the Bible. For example, the Book of Mormon is an introduction to the Book of Revelation. First Nephi 12 through 14 unlocks Revelation. It's also a commentary on Isaiah. Isaiah 29 is easy because of the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon adds 14 chapters to that chapter. The Book of Mormon explains why Joshua tells them to drive the Canaanites out. Okay, number two, the Book of Mormon outlines the mission and work of Joseph Smith. It's in 2 Nephi 3. Number three, the Book of Mormon gives us a pattern for the second coming. As people become wicked, the Lord sent prophets. The prophets today are 19 and 20-year-old missionaries with testimonies. One thing that saved the people in the Book of Mormon is they believed in the prophets. Here's number four, he says. The Book of Mormon helps us to understand the Savior and his mission. Mosiah 3 and 15 are the most doctrinal regarding Jesus and the Father and Son. Number five, the Book of Mormon is a pattern for missionary work. It requires faith and courage to do missionary work. It's hard to knock on doors, but it gets easier with practice. Alma 17.26 is a pattern for successful work. Number six, the Book of Mormon gives a glimpse of what the millennium will be like. The first 18 verses of the fourth chapter of Nephi will tell us. Number seven, the Book of Mormon explains the responsibilities of the members of the church. Mosiah 18, to stand as witnesses at all times and in all places. Number eight, the Book of Mormon explains the cost of discipleship. Abinadi was sent back twice. Amulek was comforted in his loss. Surely some of those members thrown in the fire were family members of Alma and Amulek. It would have been horrible to have watched. His pain was agonizing for a few minutes, but now he's exalted. The killers are still paying. Number nine, the Book of Mormon helps us to understand apostates. Our worst enemies have been within. Those who turn away from the gospel. Judas began complaining about John, and then step by step it turned to hate. Judas betrayed Christ because Christ rebuked him. Number 10, the Book of Mormon helps us with war. Why so much information on war? It is a type for our day. Satan's only defense is to keep the missionaries out of the countries. His answer to the spread of the gospel is war. The Book of Mormon tells when you are justified in going to war, when not, and how to treat prisoners, the government's responsibility, and about righteous warriors, the 2,000 stripling, 2000 stripling warriors, and how their mother taught them.
Number 11, the Book of Mormon helps us with the doctrine. It's easier to understand the atonement, charity, sanctification, and justification. It's more concise and clear. And number 12, Mosiah 26.20 is God's promise of eternal life to all who make covenants. He was a very insightful man. I spoke many times in our ward, and um, the missionaries tried to give us his notes sometimes, and we, we kept those notes, and he was just great that way. So let's talk a little about the plates themselves. What did they look like? Well, the Prophet Joseph Smith said the, these records were engraven on plates which had the appearance of gold. Each plate was six inches wide and eight inches long and not quite so thick as common tin. So how big do you think that would be? Well, a little smaller than a piece of paper. Again, Joseph Smith. They were filled with engravings in Egyptian characters and bound together in a volume as the leaves of a book with three rings running through the whole. The volume was something near six inches in thickness, a part of which was sealed. That was Joseph Smith from the History of the Church. It doesn't really say how much they weighed, but those who knew them, or as they called, hefted them, tell us what they think they might have weighed. Martin Harris said he thought they weighed about 40 or 50 pounds. William Smith, the brother of the prophet, said he was permitted to lift them as they laid in a pillowcase, but not to see them. He said they weighed about 60 pounds, he said, according to my best judgment. Some think that the ten was called Tumbaga, since Joseph Smith said they had the appearance of gold. The Spaniards saw this and called it Tumbaga. According to Roy Doxey, Tumbaga was a versatile alloy of gold and copper which could be cast, drawn, hammered, gilded, soldered, weld, plated, hardened, annealed, polished, engraved, embossed, and inlaid. Once you treat tumbaga with an acid like citric acid, it dissolves the copper on the surface, and what is left is a shiny layer of 23 karat gold on top of a harder, more durable copper gold alloy sheet. If it was tumbaga, Elder Doxy says, if it was tumbaga sheets, they would have weighed about 53 to 86 pounds. Pure gold would have weighed much, much more, probably about 200 pounds. That was from Roy W. Doxey. So, more than likely, they say it was this Tumbaga. If I'm saying that right, you might want to look it up. Google it. The plates that Joseph Smith received were made personally by Mormon. He took all of the information from four sources. Here they are. You might want to write these down somewhere so that you know. In the beginning of the Book of Mormon, um, right after the the page that has a brief explanation about the Book of Mormon, it'll have a page that says names and order of books in the Book of Mormon, and it'll give all of the names of the Book of Mormon and the page that they're on. What I did is I took a colored pencil and just boxed out the ones that were on each of the plates. So in other words, if you take the first book of Nephi, second book of Nephi, book of Jacob, book of Enos, book of Jerem, book of Omni, those are the plates of Nephi. I box those up and put next to it the plates of Nephi. And then you'll go on and, and do the rest with the rest of them. And I'll, I'll outline those as we go along so that you know which ones were on which area. So the first one are the brass brass plates. And those are the ones that they the boys go back for um, in 
chapter th- three of First Nephi, or chapter four, I think it is. These contain the first five books of Moses, which gave an account of the creation of the world and also of Adam and Eve. Also a record of the Jews from the beginning down until the days of King Zedekiah, who was the king of the Jews. Also it had a genealogy of Lehi's ancestors. It would be kind of an equivalent of our Old Testament down to when Lehi left in 600 BC. When we talked about the opening of the seven seals, the Savior read about what would be happening in each of those seven seals. And Lehi leaving Jerusalem was in the fourth seal that was opened before the fifth seal when Jesus was born. This is what Lehi sent his sons back for that Laban had. There really are no books from the plates of brass that are in the Book of Mormon, only scriptures quoted from the plates of brass, like the Isaiah chapters and references to Moses. So next are the small plates of Nephi. He started his own account of the spiritual things in their lives, and he calls it the things of his soul. Soon Nephi began being the keeper of the large plates as well. The small plates were kept by the prophets and the large plates by the kings. The small plates came to an end at the book of Omni. So that's the reason I had you put a, a uh, box around um, Nephi, uh, second book of Nephi, book of Jacob, book of Enos, book of Jerem, book of Omni, because those are the small plates of Nephi. King Benjamin then takes the plates and keeps the spiritual record, and they were never added onto. The large plates of Nephi, so even though they had the brass plates for scriptures, Lehi began keeping his own record of their journeys to the promised land. Most of what he records was secular, which means everyday things. There were some spiritual things in there, but mostly it was their journeys. Nephi says that he abridged or shortened his father's book. The Lord commanded him to make a second record of his father's book and his book. The Lord called it for a wise purpose. You can find that in First Nephi, how he de- details how he was told to make another record. The book of Lehi was included in the original large plates of Nephi, but when Joseph Smith began translating it, anyone know what happened? Yeah, Martin Harris lost the 116 pages. Poor Martin Harris. Showing the 116 pages to someone was more for him so that people would believe him and they would not think he was squandering his money on Joseph Smith and his gold Bible. But now the Lord told him not to retranslate them for the for fear evil men would change things and say that Joseph Smith was not a true prophet. So we do not have the book of Lehi today. Some parts are scattered throughout the other plates, but the whole book has not been retranslated. Someday we'll have it. After the book of Omni, the large plates then were being used for the spiritual and the historical record. There was no separate record that was being kept. It was this record on the large plates, the combined spiritual and historical records that Mormon was told ahead of time to abridge or to shorten. He stops to tell us that the Lord told him that he should expect something to happen, and that's why he needed to be aware of what to do. I'm always amazed at... um, this wonderful man, Mormon, um, because he's so obedient. He doesn't know why he's doing it, but that's why we have words, the book Words of Mormon in the place that we do. He's telling us that the Spirit whispered to him to tell him that he should prepare for something, although he doesn't know why. He, his words, uh, the Words of Mormon acts as kind of an explanation and an introduction to meld the two books together the small plates, and what he found on the large plates. 
Mosiah through Mormon 7 are then an abridgment of the large plates of Nephi. So what I did is I drew a book, uh, a box around the words of Mormon, and on the side I say it was written by Mormon, and I make an explanation that it is an, an, an introduction or an explanation for the rest of the two books. And then the next box I draw around is book, the Book of Mosiah, Alma, Helaman, 3rd Nephi, and 4th Nephi. And, um, and, and that I, I put out there that that's an abridgment, a Mormon's abridgment of those books. Then we have the Plates of Mormon. And this is another box you could draw around the Book of Mormon, the actual Book of Mormon. Mormon was the last person to write on the large plates of Nephi. He includes his own record and his testimony of these large plates. He then hands the plates over to his son Moroni to finish the work. Moroni then begins writing what has happened to his people and what's happening at the present and why the Lamanites are hunting him. Such an incredibly sad tale to hear how he's alone and does not know how long he's going to be allowed to live. So the last two chapters, Mormon 8 and 9, are written by uh, Mormon's son Moroni after he gets the plates. And he goes on to tell you kind of what has happened um, to them. So the next thing translated was the 24 plates of gold. Moroni was left alone to wander the earth, and all of his friends and family have been killed, and he had no idea how long he'd be alive, so he sat down to a bridge or condense the record of the Jaredites, which were on the 24 plates of gold that were found by the people of Limhi in the days of King Mosiah. The Jaredites came to this land hundreds of years before Lehi, back before the time uh, in the Tower of Babel, about 1,600 years before. You can find that in the book of Genesis, in the Old Testament, uh, chapter 11, verse 9. They were all destroyed as well, except for Ether, who stayed in a cave to finish the record of his people, and their utter destruction. So I put another box around the book of Ether and the book of Moroni, and those were written by uh, Moroni, and he abridged the plates of Ether. Um, lastly, there is a, a sealed portion of the plates. Moroni wrote about the visions and that the brother of Jared saw. They were written in great detail. He saw all things from the foundation of the world and to the end thereof, he says. Basically everything from the beginning of the world to the end and what would happen. He said the Lord commanded him to write them, and he did, but then the Lord told him to seal them up. They'll stay that way until Heavenly Father says different. We don't even know how large the sealed portion is. Of those who saw the plates, they said it took up from a half to two-thirds of the book. I imagine someday we'll have them again. It'll be interesting to read. Joseph Fielding Smith says that the Lord is withholding from us a great many truths that he would gladly reveal if we were ready to receive them. Until we're ready to receive the things already given, I fear the Lord will hold from us those other things which one time will be revealed. That's a pretty sad state of affairs. We've got to get ourselves ready to be able to read those things that were written that have been kept back from us. It makes one say that, um, again, that we should get be get busy and get reading uh, what we have. Lastly, Moroni sealed up the record and hid it in the hill Cumorah until such time as Joseph Smith was old enough to be visited and told about the plates, a little over 1,400 years later. I wonder if he asked himself as he was burying the book. I wonder if he wondered if anyone would read it and understand it and know what a sacrifice it was for them to make it.
Mormon's charge in later Moroni's was to sit down and sift through all the books and find the things that would be most helpful for you and for me for our day, how to handle the things that would be happening in our own day. So they read them all, and then they sat down to a bridge or condensed them into one book, this Book of Mormon that we have today. It's so important that we know the Book of Mormon and read it and understand it. Joseph Fielding Smith said, No member of this church can stand approved in the presence of God who has not seriously and carefully read the Book of Mormon. Now, why would he say that? Because Mormons spent a good deal of time being concerned about what should go in this book. It cost them their lives. He saw your day, as did all the prophets who wrote in the Book of Mormon. It's a record for you. It's a record for our day, because they never had the book. It was kept on plates and buried in the Hill Cumorah until Joseph Smith received them and he translated them for this day. So everything that Mormon decided to put in there was something he felt you would need to help you get through this life. That is why this book is so important. And that is why President Joseph Fielding Smith said, no member can stand approved in the presence of God who has not seriously and carefully read the Book of Mormon. So if you had to choose some of the things that they put in this book that apply to you or our day, what would it be? Have you found anything in the Book of Mormon that did help you with something in your life? What is your favorite story from the Book of Mormon that helps you? So, until next time... 